everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. My name's Stu Turley. I got an action-packed show for you today. Michael's on assignment. And I mean, we've got an ENB story thread like you would not believe. Uh, I'll tell you what, COP28 is coming around the corner. And uh, I got some interesting tidbits on COP28, why it's important, what is it, and then some narratives that are coming around the corner. Uh, The IEA, Faith Bristol, I'm not a real fan, and he's put out some things on oil firms face the moment of truth. um, Right. ESG is now famous. Momentum of truth is now coming around the corner. That's a whole nother story. Then we have the ESG grift endgame by uh, Deutsche Bank. Then we have Pfizer suing Poland. How does that interplay with energy? I got that for you. I want to sum it up with uh, one of my all-time favorite guys on the planet, and that's David Blackman. He's got a heck of a summary on all of these stories in the ENB thread that don't have really, you got to pick out the threads and why they're important. Hey, uh, with that, thank you so much for all the folks that are giving us feedback, ask us questions, and really let us know. Let Michael and I know what you want to know in anything in the industry. If you are an industry thought leader, I want to talk to you. I've had some phenomenal guests drop this week, and it is just nutty how successful all of them are, and I'd like to thank everybody. So let's start out with what's COP28. COP28, and there's some terms in this article that I did not even uh, think were a thing, but they are. Uh, Why is uh, COP28, what is COP28, and why is it important? Uh, it's going to be talks in Dubai and uh, the agenda, the phase down or even phase out of fossil fuels, a global goal to help the world adopt to extreme weather events. Okay, here's the funny part. You also have Saudi Arabia attending. You also have who is investing an awful lot into hydrogen, renewable energy So I can understand that, but they have Saudi Aramco also showing up, which is the world's largest oil company. Okay, without Saudi Arabia using Saudi Aramco's funds from oil and gas, they couldn't make the energy transition. Now you're also seeing a gigantic push around the rest of the world, and it's going to cause some conflicts. Let me go into that here in just a second. As it is in Dubai, how many people will attend uh, COP28? I found that 70,000 of your closest friends will be there. Michael keeps saying I need to get over there, but no, I think I'll just check my, uh, okay, I'm too busy. And so we've got uh, COP26 was in Glasgow in 2021, and that was 40,000. And then 33,000 were in Egypt. This year is because they're saying that they're not going fast enough in cutting emissions. Uh, at COP, after COP28, countries will have until 2025 to submit new national plans to fight climate change. Here's where it's going to get dicey. Nobody can afford to keep this problem going. 
This year's COP, let me quote the article, this year's COP will be crucial for climate finance. Rich countries have now delivered on their promise to mobilize $100 billion a year to help core, uh, poor countries deal with the worst impacts of climate change. That's only a tiny bit of the $2.5 trillion that is needed by 2030. There is no way that the world can fund 2030. That is just simply a way to redistribute wealth. Don't kid yourself. And I'm getting shut down by all of the social media and Google as an honor to mention it that way. So when you sit back and take a look, Faith uh, Bristol in the next article comes up and he is saying uh, oil firms face the moment of truth in climate crisis. If my producer would fly in this uh, one article uh, from one uh, post, now is the time to climate proof Europe's economy. This is talking about uh, really what's coming up with COP28, ahead of COP28, EIA, Faith Bristols, and Christine uh, Lagarde, and EIMB Werner Hoyer underscore why it's essential for Europe to accelerate its energy transition. They are doubling down and saying that we have to increase our energy transition when it's not working. Why are they saying that? It's a power play. The, the only way that they can get everything electrified and every all the wealth distribution going on is flat out by forcing the energy transition. Let me back up for one sec. Again, this is not about whether or not it's wind or solar. I don't care. I'm energy agnostic. I am energy agnostic. Let's use the lowest cost kilowatt per hour to elevate humanity. I have said that and I have said that out of poverty. What they're wanting to do is a wealth transfer from the 1%, which is using one, uh, they're using more carbon than the bottom 60% of humanity. So, uh, again, this ESG hypocrisy is really a problem. This article is a must read. So let's go down into the next two articles. ESG investing has hit a brick wall. Um, I've been calling for this for quite a while. And this is Deutsche Bank. Uh, big oil stocks should be included in ESG offerings because investors want them. Investors want to have a return. You have Orsted uh, losing billions. You have wind farms not getting uh, investments. All of this has been coming out in the last uh, several months, and it's really seeing an end to the end of financing of renewable energy. Uh, the IEA's Faith Brittle uh, call for a present day momentum of truth of the oil and gas industry. This is a quote. When we think about clean energy, these are business models which are quite new and sensitive to interest rate. Deutsche Bank uh, Marcus Mueller, chief investment officer, ESG told, told Reuters, uh, as we say on this podcast, investors are looking for traditional energy companies that have cat and renewables. They prefer the transition uh, than the in exclusions, he explained. Well, here's what's going on with the big oil. They are using their oil and gas to fund what they can 
and what they can afford to lose. Now you're taking a look at this complex problem. Shell is backing away from the renewals. Total Energies is backing away from the renewables. Oxy is going to carbon capture so they can get the funding. Brilliant move by Occidental Petroleum. Warren Buffett loves them. So when you take a look at even Deutsche Bank coming up and saying, hey, wait a minute, ESG is flat out got to include, especially natural gas. So here we come into the other one. And this article, ESG Investment Fund Liquidation Increase in 2023. If we can have uh, Andy, our producer, roll in this uh, first graphic here on this article, which is the article is uh, ESG grift endgame. Uh, Deutsche CO, CIO now says oil companies have a place in ESG funds. This graphic really shows that in 20, uh, 21, 21, there was a little uh, dip, 2022, now 2023. There is a huge liquidation going on. This liquidation is amazing. So uh, when we think about clean energy, these are the business models. They are incredibly sensitive to the interest rates. Well, they're also more sensitive to tax subsidies. Tax subsidies are drying up. And the Felix Goltz, research director at Scientific Beta, told the Financial Times back in August, ESG ratings have little or to no relation to carbon intensity, even when considering the environmental pillar of these ratings. It doesn't seem that people actually looked at the correlations. They're surprisingly low. So all of what the world is clamoring for, that's less pollution, lower cost energy, renewable energy in its current form in technology cannot meet any of those needs for sustainable. It's not sustainable because of funding. If you are a energy expert and you are on the wind side or the renewable side, I want to talk to you. I believe in energy storage. We got to have it. Um, I've talked to some energy experts on the grid. The grid's facing failure because of the renewables. Here's where I'm talking about the elite and the the wealth transfer. The wealth transfer that's going on because of the renewables is going to be facing a serious backlash in the political worlds. We saw this in Argentina when they're saying it's the far right new elected president. However, he's not far right. He is actually more like a independent, if you would, from the standpoint of uh, he doesn't want to have any government. He wants a low government. He's not a far right guy. He wants no involvement from government and reduce all interactivity like that. So when you take a look at all of the other ones, the left wing green are absolutely in a panic mode. What happens when wolves are in the corner? you're going to see them do even more dark things as politicians. This is what's coming around the corner. Pfizer sues Poland for bailing on COVID-19 vaccine, citing shady EU mega deal. The EU is really actually in a real pickle right now because of NATO, 
because of all the other things they're trying to do, they're a wolf in the corner. And you're about to see some even more things. Pfizer's now suing Poland, which under the EU deal struck between von der Leyen and uh, Borla, uh, obligated the Polish government to purchase 60 million more doses than it did. They banned them. They realized that they weren't working and that they were actually harmful. Um, Poland is actually trying to take care of their people. So Poland is now being an, uh, considered an enemy of the EU. And in the political environment, you're going to see more and more countries stand up to the EU. I'm going to call it right here. Is there going to be other countries? Other countries that are absolutely going to have Brexits. Are they going to be Polexits? Are they going to have these other ones? I'm not sure. But what's going to happen to this is uh, it's going to be flat, pretty wild to see what's coming around the corner. And so it's going to be interesting. So in summary on this thread, you can tell that the Pfizer story did not actually mean a lot as far as energy, but it's systemic of the wolf in the corner and what's going to be happening with the EU. The EU is knuckling down on a harder push to renewable for the wealth transfer. So this one, David Blackman, you've got to subscribe. You've got to support David Blackman. Uh, he is absolutely a phenomenal writer. And so when you come in, the CNN ran on Thanksgiving dealing with uh, the revolt in Germany, protesting the com uh, country's increasingly authoritarian government latest mandates that will require consumers to ultimately replace their cheap and efficient gas or oil furnaces with costly and less effective heat pumps in the coming years. Why do you ask that they're wanting to do it? So they can control you with electricity. If they can control you with electricity, they can say no heat for you. If you have social footprints, if you eat too much steak, you can't have any heat. It's all about control and wealth uh, transfer. This is pretty crazy. I didn't believe all of this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's now being uh, coming around the corner. This was on the Daily Caller. I want to read the last paragraph in here from David Blackman. Vigilance is one of the most important keys to the maintenance of all real freedom. Real vigilance in, uh, in the advance of the 24 elections in the U.S. reveals how one path lies in inevitable and evolution of an increasingly authoritarian government in the name of climate change. Down the other path lies a return to policies that promote the energy security America enjoyed from 2017 to 2020. This election is important. It's whether or not you want to be treated like the EU. David brings up some great points. Fortunately, the U.S. is a few years behind. Let's take a look at Germany. California has followed Germany and it, it both have incredibly high, high energy costs. The energy hypocrisy of California is disgusting when it's considering that they are going to be importing in. And that is my prediction, Russian oil that has been shipped to China, refined and then being brought in from the new refineries. Watch it. You heard it here second because I said it here a few days ago as well. So 
listen, subscribe. I've got some fantastic guests coming around the corner. Um, we are finishing up a couple of them. And I mean, Mark Masters is a media mogul. And I cannot wait to have this one go out. He and I are work cooking up on some other things. Got some other executives. I've got George McMillan. He is a, uh, we've got a series coming up on energy and geopolitical issues around the world. Listen to Tom Kirkman. It was a wonderful podcast. He is an absolute uh, brotherhood of the nut. Uh, I am in the nutty category, so it's kind of fun. And when you sit back and take a look at Ronald Stein, you take a look at Sean Strawbridge, who's an industry world leader, Steve Reese, and all of these other ones, and Dr. Robert Brooks. You take a look at all of these really good thought leaders, had some great ones. I've got some great thought leaders coming around the corner. If you are an industry thought leader, I don't care if you're nuclear, wind, solar, like Grace Stanky, or Miss America I just released. If you are a thought leader, I want to talk to you. And thank you so much. Have a great day. EnergyNewsBeat.com. And I will talk to everybody soon.